the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. You'll find out how to contact an IRA expert to talk to directly or download their free investor's guide. So I think we're still just settling in (laughs) here in early January on the fact that there was no red wave in November and the Democrats did a good job of holding their ground to a certain extent, certainly in the Senate. And a lot of people are saying the Republicans just didn't have the right candidates. Well, it's an interesting philosophy. And I, I have become friends with a gentleman named David Avella, who is the chairman of GOPAC. No, GOPAC is not a political action committee. GOPAC is an organization, a network of people that are educating and electing a new generation of Republican leaders. That's the header on their webpage. And it's interesting. And I spoke to this group uh, about a month ago and, and got a sense that there are a lot of young people who want to grow this party or maybe run for office and they're new to it. And, and so this organization educates them, helps them learn how to get elected. David Avella is a fountain of information. He is really well connected And he's going to talk to us about why things didn't go so well in November and what the New Year's resolutions are for the Republican Party, plus Trump and abortion. All of that next. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. David Avella, welcome. Good to see you. Um, You know what? When people hear the term go pack, what does it mean? Because people assume it's a political action committee. What What is GOPAC? We're a network of organizations dedicated to educating and electing Republican and, and conservative leaders. Founded in 1978 by then-Governor Pete DuPont of Delaware, who said we needed a good farm team building operation. And we have Hard. been doing that uh, ever since. Uh, it- does the Democrat Party have a similar organization? There's a number of groups. You know, there's a group called Future Now, which is an organization focused on finding good talent uh, in state legislatures across the country and also uh, on the Democratic side, sharing ideas with them based off their philosophy and, and trying to help them not only be good leaders at the state level, but then find good talent to, to go on to higher office. Uh, though I would say uh, our success record over these 50-some years is pretty unmatched. 
Well, that is interesting. Um, I think people will look at the midterms and say, did we have all the right candidates? And I'm not sure how many of the losers Gopak was behind. <laughs> I'm sure you'd love to boast about the winners, but look, it wasn't the red wave everyone had hoped for. And candidates are, are largely thought of as the reason why that there was just, there weren't great candidates. What, what's your response to that? No football team loses by and large by any one player. There was no one single reason why Republicans lost. You mentioned a big one, which was our candidates in a few key races didn't connect with voters. I would also offer, though, Michelle, that uh, if for those who don't believe positives work, uh, what we can say about this election is only being negative also doesn't work. But there were plenty in the party who thought if we just focused and told people how bad President Biden was, that would be enough. And the reality is it wasn't. Uh, voters were looking for some reason. They, they knew they didn't like Joe Biden's policies. They wanted one reason or two reasons that they would support the Republican. And in too many races, we didn't offer that. And as, as a party, we have to think about that going into to 24. Um, you can go into other reasons why, uh, also why we lost. So we are still catching up to the Democrats on uh, using every day that's available to vote to actually get our voters to cast their votes. Um, you know, go down the list. You know, also, I would also uh, point out you know, Democrats had in almost every race two to three times the amount of money that Republicans had. Why is that? I hear that every single cycle. Why? Well, they, uh, they, their members, they're those wanting to support, uh, Democrats. And if you look at some of the biggest donors this election cycle, it was Democrats, uh, major donors. I think George Soros starts at, you know, at the top. I mean, he gave almost $200 million. Uh, but go on down the list uh, to donors around the country, uh, out of Hollywood, out of New York, who are, are putting big bucks into getting their candidates elected. Okay, before I focus too much on that, I want to go back to something you said a minute ago. You said getting using every day available to get voters to the polls and that the Democrats have done a better job of that than Republicans. So kudos to them. Why is it that Republicans are slow to catch on to this? Part of it is uh, we need to get better technology wise, identifying who it is that hasn't cast their vote and doing all we can legally to make sure that they are doing that, whether it's knocking on their door, whether it's phone calling them, whether it's sending them an email, whether it's a post on social media encouraging them to go vote. We have to be more aggressive in encouraging those who want to support Republican candidates to actually casting their vote all within the confines of what the law currently allows. And, and states yeah. have different rules about that. Um, and what Republicans need to do is do better at understanding the rules and getting our folks to the polls. Yeah, it, it, it seems as though the Republican mantra has sort of been, you know, it's the first Tuesday in November. You go to the polls that day. Well, the, as you said, laws and rules have changed. So you got to play by those. How optimistic are you that uh, the, the Republican Party can catch well, up. There, if we can celebrate Christmas for 12 days, we ought to be able to maximize <laughs> the ability to vote for on more than one day. And uh, if we want to be successful, we're going to have to learn the rules and play by them better than the Democrats.
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The fundraising, I want to get back to this for a minute. You know, I guess I'm still sort of confused, and I don't know if anyone has the answer, as to why Hollywood... The media, the the rich folks that are willing to donate are all on the left side of things. I, I know there are rich people on the right side of things. What is this? How do you resolve this differentiation between the two sides and their fundraising? Get back to what we were talking about. Ex- candidates that excite our donors who say we want to give uh, to those individuals. Uh, we have to have candidates okay. that uh, our donors want to invest in. One, and I would also say, uh, Michelle, let's keep in mind, we, we can't, we don't have to match the Democrats dollar for dollar. It's not always the biggest spender who wins a race, right? That is true. Hillary Clinton did not That's win right. a race. Yeah, well, Michael, Michael Bloomberg <laughs> right. would be sitting in the White House right. if it was about how much money uh, you have. That's why there's no one easy answer to what happened in the elections. Yes, it was candidates. And yes, it was the amount of money the Democrats had more than us. And yes, it was uh, the lack of a positive message uh, for many of our Senate candidates. Now, you contrast that with what happened in the House. And certainly we did not elect the number of members we had hoped to. But it was that commitment to America that House Republicans put out. And if you look at polling data, um, of, of voters who heard about that and knew elements of what was in that agenda, overwhelmingly, two to one, they favored that agenda, whether it be energy independence, whether it be looking at the tax code and how we can put more dollars in people's pockets, uh, whether it's uh, making sure doctors and patients have uh, the ability to make decisions best for them. I mean, go down through the agenda. It was a very popular agenda. And in those key swing districts, I would offer to you, it, it had an impact. And now fast forward, now that we're in the midst of this speaker's battle, whoever becomes our next yeah. speaker needs to move immediately on this caucus-driven commitment to America. Now, to Kevin McCarthy's credit, he set up task force amongst House Republicans, and they the caucus came up with these ideas. And it is the Republican caucus that needs to move us past this speaker's battle uh, once we have put a speaker in place and actually start focusing on ideas that Americans can rally around. Since you brought up the speaker's battle, and as you and I sit here talking right now on, what is this, January 5th? Yeah, (laughs) I have to remind myself sometimes, David, what day it is, but January 5th, and it's still happening. And it could be by the time we're finished here, 
a speaker could be named and we'll certainly mention it. Uh, I'm, I trust my producer, John Berg, to let us know if that happens. Um, and John, even if you just have to yell at us, tell us, because that would be, that would be breaking news. Um, but there have been sort of most people saying how embarrassing this battle has been, but others saying democracy is messy and this is how the sausage gets made. And, you know, a hundred years ago, there were, there was an instance where it went even, you know, went over a hundred votes until they found the speaker. What has been your sort of visceral reaction to what we're seeing on Capitol? Whoever the next speaker is has to be willing to live with ulcers and be willing to lose all their hair. It is going to be, uh, uh, it's going to be an adventurous two years. And again, it gets back to the, why this commitment to America and this agenda that, that can rally the House caucus to round ideas and, and get away from personality and focus more on the agenda that Americans uh, would will move America forward. And it's uh, it is also it has to be noted that when 188 members are all united, at some point, the 20 who are holding out have to accept that and it's it seems lost on them that they want rules changes, but they aren't following the first rule of the House, which is the majority wins. And overwhelmingly, yeah. the House Republican caucus has said they're for Kevin McCarthy. I don't know. I cannot recall who said they're the Taliban 19 or the no. Taliban 20, but words like that don't help no. this this unifying that you'd like to see in the party. And uh, anyway, uh, I, I ne- you know, it's interesting. I don't agree with uh, most of the Democrat agenda, but you got to hand it to them. They unify, they rally the troops, they get people on board. And, and I don't know if that was all Nancy Pelosi or if it's just th- the way that they get things done. I admire independent thought within each party. I do. So I admire that there's a, a, a little bit of negotiating, bargaining going on right now to get things that, that people want. But uh, there's, do you think there's just going to be a point where they say enough already? Let's hope, let's hope we get this uh, speakership behind us and actually get working on. And then even if we don't pass uh, through the entire Congress some of these ideas, it is at least getting them on the table. It's at least getting them through the House and changing the discussion. Uh, you know, think about for the last two years, it has been a discussion primarily amongst a Democratic White House and a Democratic Senate and a Democratic House with Republicans, you know, pushing back where they could. This equation changes now with a House Republican majority, but now a different voice can be heard and different ideas will yeah. get passed that will allow a discussion that is good for America hearing a different perspective. We're talking with David Avella of GOPAC, educating and electing a new generation of Republican leaders. When we come back, two issues, Trump and abortion. How's that for a tease? You know, from time to time, you hear my adorable dog chime into this show. He has not yet today, but it's still early. He is so healthy now. He's about to turn one. And I started giving him a, and this is Jersey we're talking about, a supplement. So why? Yeah, well, can't you get everything you need in pet food? Well, just like 
human food, pet food is often stripped of vitamins, minerals, and the nutrients that your dog really needs to stay healthy. So imagine if your pet is suffering on the inside and they can't tell you about it. I know you don't want that. I don't want that. So I want to tell you about longevity formula from Paw Made. It's an all natural health supplement for dogs made with 23 dog-friendly superfoods to keep your pup healthy and strong. Veterinarian approved longevity formula boosts nutrient intake, protects against toxins and guards against premature aging. And that's important because aside from poor diet, toxins like pesticides, mold and air pollution can all harm your pup's health. But longevity formula contains special toxin fighting nutrients to protect your dog so they can live a long, happy life right by your side. And these include premium quality superfoods like organic mushrooms, kelp, goji berry, two kinds of probiotics, and many more. Now, right now, there is a limited time offer exclusively for our listeners. For every purchase of Longevity Formula, you'll receive a free bottle of Pomade's hip and joint formula too. That is a great deal. To claim your offer, go to pawmade.com slash sideline, as in sideline sanity, or call toll-free 833-PAW-MADE. That's P-A-W like your pet's paws, M-A-D-E dot com slash sideline or call 833-PAW-MADE. All right, David, the President Trump, the President Trump, President Trump made his announcement that he is going to seek re-election Look, I think there are a lot of people who voted for Trump in 2016 who would like to see someone different. But are there still enough Trump voters at this moment? Because we can't project two years in advance. We can talk about what could mm-hmm. happen. But are there enough Trump voters right now to to put him back on, uh, you know, in the general? The short answer is yes, there are enough. Will they stay committed to uh, President Trump or Will someone else come on the scene and they say, I'd rather have that man or woman be our nominee? You referenced it. There is still a lot of time. In the equivalent time in the 2016 election, we we were at a point where President Trump hadn't even announced. And so you said it. We have a long way to go. And how is this going to play out for someone to get the nomination, they're going to have to present a set of ideas that make primary voters say, that's who we want uh, to follow into the general election. I mean, you think about it was, I don't know that it was the president, former president's tweeting in 2016 that got people paying attention to him. It was his message that he wanted to secure the border, that he was a businessman that knew how to create jobs and that he would stand up and fight for Republicans. And for many nom- many of our party uh, voters, they thought, you know, Mitt Romney didn't fight the Democrats strong enough. John yeah, McCain didn't yeah. fight them strong enough. Whether you agree with those principles or, or those points or not, there were enough who thought that. And that Trump's message was one where they said, yeah, that's what we want. So as we get ready to go into 24, one, we don't know what the electorate's going to be looking looking for. We don't know what the international scene is is going to be and what this country is going to be facing. Voters may decide they want somebody with a lot of military history as or background. 
as we continue to yeah. see things around the world uh, fall apart. You may have some, yeah. we may have voters who, if, if economists are correct and we go into a recession this year, you may have primary voters say, who's the best person to get this economy going? And right. we're going to find out uh, who runs and who's got ideas that Republican primary voters say, that's who we want. Well, there's certainly a, a, a fairly deep bench. I mean, I, I I think about Mike Pompeo. Certainly, Ron DeSantis is the first name tumbling off the sure. mouths of, out of the mouths of of people on the, in the Republican Party. And with what he did in Florida, I mean, he turned Florida red. Are we are, are we comfortable saying that Florida is oh, now red? Florida has been Republican for a long time. He's only further helping but, uh, to solidify yes. that. I will say uh, he certainly helped uh, bring Hispanic voters. Uh, into the Republican Party with his policies and ideas. Uh, you know, the fact that we won Miami-Dade County is uh, insane, a, a remarkable it? accomplishment. Uh, yeah. So, yes, I mean, he, he has quite the, the record to run on. But I would offer to you, uh, Michelle, as we are in a time of economic uncertainty for a lot of voters, uh, whether you're DeSantis, whether you're Brian Kemp, whether you're in Georgia, whether you're Greg Abbott in Texas, or even John Sununu in New Hampshire, all of them are in the top 10 states for job growth, for economic activity uh, over this last year. They, if they want to be our, if they want to run for president, they should be out telling folks what they did in their states to help put them in the top 10. Well, we, we talked about the border a little bit, and that is, I think, really important to a lot mm -hmm. of voters. And now, suddenly, as we head into the new year, Joe Biden, for the first time, is going to visit the border, and he's laying out policy ideas. I think this underscores the fact that he certainly intends to run again in 24. And, you know, even though I, I just I don't see him as a viable candidate, I, I just don't. But that's me. Um, candidate maybe, but performer, not so much. I mean, it, it seems to be he would be, it would be his administration, not him running the show. But it, it, suddenly he's realizing that the border is important to people. And I, I just, this is political, right? This is, and he's accusing Republicans of, of holding back on all the, the policy changes he would like to make. The president's uh, record is pretty clear on the border, and, and Americans see the mess that this administration has made of border policy. And the challenge for Democrats is that the overwhelming majority uh, of voters, uh, even amongst independent and Democratic voters, want to know who's coming into this country. And, and the policies that are in place right now by this administration uh, aren't allowing that to happen. And if this recent bill uh, that passed through Congress is going to make that even harder to secure our border. And it is a, it is a unfortunate aspect of this administration, uh, what they're doing uh, at the border, uh, making us less safe. And quite frankly, for those Americans who are, for those coming into America, uh, they're kind of looking around and saying, wait a second, I, I left an economy that was struggling. I've come to America and Joe <laughs> Biden's America has just as bad of economy as I had. Oh, uh, and there's, and there's a lot of crime <laughs> here. Right. What's going on? Uh, you know, and, and, and it, really the cartels are 
this is what pisses me off, excuse my language, the most, is that the cartels are running things down there. Not us, not our border patrol. It's it's the cartels who seem to have the control and they're milking people who either have money or don't of all of their dollars. It, we've seen deaths. We've seen border patrol agents, 14 suicides in mm-hmm. 2022. It just it's all so depressing and maddening. And I'll I'll add this, David, that suddenly John, Joe Biden is going to the border and he says it's important now because uh, Title 42, the Supreme Court is holding off on what they're going to do with that. Now, suddenly, that makes it an important moment for him. When I think two weeks ago, he was going to Arizona and someone said, are you going to visit the border? And he said, no, you got more important things to do. So I, I just hope people will open their eyes to the idea that this guy's talking out of both sides of his mouth. And I don't think he's authentically concerned. Your point is could be stretched across this administration. There is no administration that has been more deliberate in misleading folks about the economic numbers of this country and economically where we're heading more than this administration. You add that to what you we just talked about with the border. I mean, it is hard to get a handle on what is actually true coming out of this administration. I mean, you hear these wonderful uh, job growth numbers and then three months later, they revise them and they're a third or half of what was suggested they were going to be. It's not yeah. being level with Americans. And it, it is ultimately why going into 2024, it is going to be hard uh, for Democrats to be able to defend the record of this administration. Clearly, Jersey, my dog, agrees with you. <laughs> he's, he's making his, his uh, voice known. I think the reason Jersey's gotten so excited here is he knows that what David Avella and I have been talking about with the economy is true, that things are not looking too good for 2023. We thought we were in a recession in 22, and now everyone's saying we're going to a recession in 2023. Could it get worse? Well, if it does, you can expect higher gas prices, higher grocery store prices, all those things that demand that you tighten your belt from day to day. But you can't overlook your long-term finances either. And gold is an excellent play when it comes to long-term planning, when it comes to shoring up your portfolio. Gold is a hedge against inflation. It protects against a weakening dollar. And if you recall 2008, that was the last time we were kind of facing this financial crisis. I use the word crisis pretty literally. And those who invested in gold saw huge gains and others lost their retirements. So before it's too late, check out Legacy Precious Metals. They're the only company I trust when investing in gold and silver. And find out how you can fit those precious metals into your own long-term investment plan. You can give them a call. Uh, I'll give you the number. It's 866-528-1903. 866-528-1903. And speak to an IRA expert directly to answer all of your questions. That's the first thing you need to do. Or just go download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Sorry about that, David. I The dog, you know. Uh, let me say this, Michelle. Jersey's making better points than I am, so he's a good addition to the uh, show. He certainly um, doesn't hold back. Let's put it that way. 
I haven't held back on a topic that I think is really important. And I, 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 I said it when I spoke to the GOPAC uh, organization or the, the, the lunch that you had in D.C. recently. I think abortion is a toxic issue in politics in general. I know it's a great fundraiser for Democrats, and it, it just seems to me it works against Republicans all the time. And I think the Hobbs decision played a major role in the midterms. I really do. I think people who are willing to vote uh, Republican maybe for the first time, when when Republican candidates say they are pro-life and there is no room for abortion anywhere, there should be none. I, we experienced it here in Minnesota where I live in the governor's race. I think it it absolutely turned the governor's race because we have a terrible governor in place who's overseen a rise in crime and you know, did nothing during the George Floyd riots and let this town burn. And yet he was reelected. And I do think it's because the, his opponent had said he wanted to ban abortion, period. I don't I just don't think this is a a, a winning policy. I know I don't think you're going to lose pro-lifers if you just drop abortion from the platform or Tell everyone to shut up about it. There are people that feel very passionate about this as a policy issue. And as a country, we should be able to have discussions about what is allowable or or what is good as a country and what we don't want to do as a country. And, you know, so much of the Democrats effectively politicized this issue or used this politically, I should say, to their advantage uh, in a number of key races, it would be remiss, though, to not note that a number of pro-life governors won overwhelmingly. So where does it become a factor in that? What voters does it motivate in and in, in the particular race it, it has an impact in? In swing districts, uh, it certainly had an impact in deciding who won and who didn't. In states that had uh, other issues uh, that was driving votes. You know, it could be, uh, particularly look at some of the states facing economic challenges, uh, those issues drove voters far more. So uh, when you're talking about politically, uh, it is how do issues motivate s- segments of voters to either then go cast a vote or not cast a vote? It's why, as you though you think about, you mentioned the President Trump earlier, as you're going through this primary cycle and, you know, to, to attack the pro-life movement and try to win a Republican primary doesn't seem to go together, particularly. Well, okay, go no, ahead, particularly. Uh, particularly in that with President Trump, he was one who campaigned or would tout his pro-life credentials when he was uh, when he was in office, but to now suggest that though that was the reason we lost seems to be an inconsistent message um, and certainly not one that has won him favor with, with with many in the party. Well, OK, so rather than I, I would never suggest attack the pro-life movement, they are. Look, I would I guess I would consider myself pro-life with exceptions mm-hmm or pro-choice with exceptions. I just think there are exceptions. And I think when Lindsey Graham brings out this notion of banning abortion nationwide, when you've got a significant portion of the population saying, wait a minute, 
that this is not the federal government's decision on what a woman chooses to do. And so, yeah, there is room for debate and discussion. When and how long should we allow abortions? You know, what at what point during a pregnancy is the baby a, a baby? Now, a lot of people think from the minute you conceive, a lot of people think from the minute the heartbeat starts. So there is room for discussion here. But the idea of an outright ban, it scares the hell out of most women, even it, it just, uh, it does. And, and I've had so many people talk to me about this, sure. David, that if, if, if we, we can talk about it and you can be pro-life, but isn't there room for exceptions? There's, it's an interesting for those who are advocating a federal ban. We as a party and as a conservative movement worked to put Supreme Court justices in place who just ruled it's a state issue. That, right, exactly. So we, for those who, and Senator Graham being one of them who voted to put a Supreme Court in place who just said uh, it's a state issue, it's somewhat counter messaging to now say, well, we should have a federal ban. I mean, it was, it, to me, it was nuts. It, it, and the timing could not have been worse. I think just as we were sort of getting through this convincing stage or, you know, comforting people to believe that, look, every state's going to have their own, their own laws, et cetera. And, you know, and then Gavin Newsom did what he did and every state can do what they want. And I, Lindsey Graham did this. I just thought it was such a, a, quite frankly, a stupid political misstep. Am I being too harsh? It, uh, we just said it. Uh, it doesn't seem to align that you vote to put men and women on the Supreme Court who rule that this is a state issue to follow that up and say, oh, this, we should have a federal ban. Well, then you just voted for a Supreme Court who said, no, there shouldn't be a federal ban. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but you're not going to go with me to the word stupid, are you? Uh, you're too classy for that, and I'm not being classy about it right now. So, but I'm not going to apologize for it either. Um, as we enter 2023, if the, if GOPAC has any New Year's resolutions, David, what are they? Help Republicans with a agenda that Americans say, yes, we want that. Because certainly they have their questions about the Biden administration. They have their frustrations with the Biden administration. And as a party, we continue putting out ideas that will make Americans' lives easier, safer, and better. We're going to win those voters over. It's going to be interesting to watch. And I will always be in touch with you about it because you are... You are connected, <laughs> sir. You know everyone and everything going on in D.C., and it's such a pleasure to have you on Sideline Sanity. You are a voice of sanity. I will Thank say you. that. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This is Sideline Sanity. I'm Michelle Tafoya. As always, be brave and do good. Happy to talk once again with Charles Thorngren, the CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. You know, I think it still is confusing to people, uh, some people, uh, as to why a precious metals investment would be a worthwhile one, particularly at this time when they're thinking, I'm doing all I can to put gas in the car. Why is now a particularly good time? And we'll go from there to how small of an investment is worthwhile for someone. 
You know, a great question. And I think the, the importance of why really comes into the fact that we have to save for ourselves, whether it's a little here, a little there, whether it's making it a plan and putting out so much a paycheck, whether it's making sure we fund our retirement account, we have to realize we are responsible for ourselves in the long run. <laughs> you mean that no one else is going to ride up and save us, you know, on some white steed? It ain't going to happen. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. You know, the, and anyone who's promising to do that is getting ready to take advantage of you in some form or fashion. Yeah. And so, so if, if I'm an investor, a potential investor, and I'm looking at legacy precious metals and I'm saying to myself, yeah, I, I, this sounds smart. I don't have a lot to spend. What would you tell that person? I would say, do what you can. If you never start, you never get there. So the most important step you can take is saying, I'm going to take care of myself and my family. I'm going to make it a plan. I'm going to take action. I'm going to start in the way that's comfortable for me. That's the important thing. The first step is always the hardest. But once you take that first step, the second step is easier. And then you're moving. And then once you're in motion, it's hard to stop you. So that first step, most important step. I always tell people they can call and talk to an IRA expert or, or check out the, the guide that they can download for free, the investor's guide. What, what is the number one question that you get from people who are first-time investors? The biggest question I get, is this right for me? That is the question. And that comes from everyone. So, so everyone's asking the same, is this right for me? And yet we're all so unique. And, and yet it, it is a sound investment for just about any portfolio, isn't it? It is. We, even though we're all unique, that uniqueness is going to tailor the way we begin the investment. Okay. But we're all in the same situation. That's the one thing I think we seem to forget in today's society. Whether you agree with somebody or not, we're in this together. America is in this transition that we're in right now. We're dealing with the same issues. Some people like them, some don't, but we're all in it together, right? So the need is the same. How we prepare and how we invest is what changes from person to person, but we all have that same need. It's a great point. And again, I encourage people to, to, to just make the call, pick up the phone. That step is always the hardest. I'm not sure why that is in any kind of effort that you make in life, whether it's weight loss or exercise or investing some way to better your life. It always seems like that first hurdle is, is the challenge. Uh, but when they call, who, who are they going to talk to? Who, what, what's going to be on the other end of the line for them? Great question. You're going to speak with one of our customer representatives and their job is not to sell you metals, right? We have a much different approach. We're going to answer all your questions. We're going to show you what options you have. And on the rare occasion, this isn't right for you. We're going to say this probably isn't right for you. Um, we have a gold company here, but you know, I, I say it all the time. What we actually deal in is customer service. We want each and every individual that calls to get the answers they need to be able to make the decision that's right for them. And we want to do that in a way that's not pushy, that's not salesy. And that's what makes my team so special. We care about each and every caller. And we're going to show you what options you have. And then you get to make an informed decision. So don't be afraid of the phone call. It's the best thing you can do. And this is why I am so honored and I feel privileged to be sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. They're the ones that I'm going to deal with. And I encourage you to pick up the phone, give them a call. Even easier, go check out their, their guide. 
It's a free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. But as you said, Charles, pick up the phone. You're going to talk to someone who can answer your specific questions and get get the ball rolling, get, get started, do something that is a long-term play for your family's benefit. Charles, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's always great to be here. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.